Fisherless Podcast. This is episode 100. We made it. Woo! Mm-hmm. There it is. <laughs> uh, to celebrate uh, episode 100 of the Fisherless Podcast, we have very special guests uh, that have joined us very graciously. We really appreciate it. Uh, Rod and Karen from The Black Guy Who Tips. Hey! hey how y'all doing? Thank you for having us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Definitely really appreciate it. Um, As I was uh, talking to to Rod when we were coordinating this, um, Black Vi Who Tips podcast plays a big role in in the Visceralist podcast existing. Um, And this goes back to when I first started getting into podcasts. I guess we can get into this segment right away. I'm already sort of leading into it. It makes sense. But... Um, I got into podcasts through Ricky Gervais, uh, podcast from back in like 2005. Um, did you ever listen to that? No, Rod? I never, nobody who listened to that. I, I didn't, um, mm-hmm. listen to the Ricky Gervais. I got in podcasting through like all the, uh, you know, your typical <laughs> This American Life. Um, Same, yeah. you know, all the, all the, uh, but then I started finding like Dan Carlin's hardcore history. Um, Keith and the girl was a big one on me. So, uh, but I just, I didn't catch Gervais, uh, at the time. Well, he was, I was a big fan of his from, from the office. Um, just one of my favorite shows, uh, the British one. And so I got in, that's how I heard about podcasting period. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then a few years later, I started getting more into sports and wanting to like learn about it because I never was into it that much in growing up. Um, and so I started with someone recommended the Bill Simmons podcast to me. Uh, and so I listened to that and it was it was decent. Um, but then through that, I started listening to more and more ESPN stuff. Um, and through that, I came across Bomani Jones, who was on um, an episode of Around the Horn that I remembered was really funny uh, and he was super smart. And so I wanted to listen to more of him and he had a radio show that he was doing um, at the time, I think based out of Canada. Yeah. Yeah. That was when he was on the score in in Canada. Right. Um, But I remember that you Rod would call into that show occasionally Mm -hmm. and he promoted your, your show uh, when like when you would call in, you would mention uh, the Black Eye Tips. So from that, I started listening to your show. Big fan of that. And then you had some of the guys from the Filling the Lanes podcast come on. Uh, this God, this would have been back in like 2010, 2011. Yeah, I remember that man. Uh, Walt, man, Chi, uh, man, Big Chi. That was that was my show, dog. I fucked with them heavy. Yeah, Trill. Um, that yeah, I was it was an amazing show, and uh, through that, they I mean they I think they did roughly fifty episodes, or around there, um, and from them uh, I got into filling the or no, Firestarter yeah. podcast. I think they had some of the Firestarter guys on on that, and so you know I've been listening to Firestarter ever since. I I turned Jay on onto both of those as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Firestarter still to this day my favorite podcast. Yeah, definitely one of mine uh, as well. I don't know, Jay. What what is um, what's your I, history with podcasts? Yeah, I, I sort of started with just I guess like the whole NPR family of podcasts, like This American Life, and I don't even remember what else. But then you had recommended filling the lanes, and I was listening to that, and I liked that one a lot. Um, I did listen to some other sports ones, but they're not even that memorable. Um, I do remember liking the Juan Epstein podcast a lot, which was like Peter Rosenberg and Cypher Sounds. Um, and then I used to listen to Jesus and Mero, where it was just like an audio recording of that like video show they had on, I think it was on Complex. Yep. Um, and then, um, and then from there, I just like just kept going. I took a lot of recommendations from you and just branched out to. You know, like whatever, um, like the podcast I was listening to, what they mentioned and just various like news articles and things. I, I do a lot of like now I listen 
to a lot of like history podcasts. Um, like I like listening to Malcolm Gladwell stuff. Um, the Smithsonian has some nice ones, but um, but I actually do love the Firestarters one. That that one that has me laughing like a maniac on the street sometimes. Yeah, uh, Karen, how did what's your background in in podcasting as well? It's uh. Similar to Roderick, I started off with uh, This American Life. I, I I still listen, not as much as I used to, but, you know, it's one of those things when you first get introduced to podcasts and you think podcasts is predominantly white because particularly iTunes and Stitcher, that's kind of all they push in front of your face. So eventually I started kind of branching off, kind of getting suggestions from Roderick and other people and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Well, let's let's uh, thanks again for joining. Let's get right into our our first segment. We usually start off the show with a segment we call trifling in NYC. This is where we just talk about sort of weird things that we've been through in the city um, over the years. Both Jay and I have, have lived in the city for uh, roughly fifteen years. Um, so I'll, I'll get us started off uh, with. Uh, so I used to take uh, improv and sketch comedy writing classes through Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, which is one of the couple comedy schools here in uh, in New York. And I really enjoyed them. Um, they were great. Uh, writing in particular, like I have this interest in comedy. It's you know part of the reason I do this, this podcast. Um, but I got into uh, doing uh, stage shows and stuff with that. Anyway. I had this one improv class where we really clicked and, and we hit it off as a group and we would occasionally after the class go to this one guy's place to hang out and just have some drinks. Um, he had like a really big place with, um, with this balcony that was also pretty big. And one time we were going there, I was wearing a hat and I, I wear hats a lot, just like sort of, you know, streetwear, uh, just the hats a lot of a lot of them are sort of have parody logos on them so it'll be like a new york yankees logo but messed with somehow to make it look like something else that's sort of my jam um so i was i basically i'd forgotten what hat i'd put on um and so some kid uh, in the class asked me he's like what's that logo on your hat and I was like, oh, it's a streetwear brand that, that did this thing uh, on the New York Yankees, this parody thing. And he gave me this really weird look. This look of like, he was crazy and he just didn't want to talk to me anymore um, because he was so annoyed. I, I later, I see, I, and I didn't even look at, at the hat at any point. I didn't take it off at that point to confirm. I was so certain that it was wearing that hat. And it wasn't until I saw a photo on Facebook, like the next day, to see that I was wearing a hat with like this big like, drawing of like a big tidal wave on it, completely different hat. <laughs> <laughs> and so I got it. And that was early. That was early on in the class. Like these classes last about eight weeks. That might've been after week three or something. And so ever since then, like after that, like the kid, that well, the kid, he's a nice kid. He stopped talking to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't say anything in the moment it's just no <laughs> i don't know if he was intimidated by me being so weird or like completely crazy but yeah i'm sure it was probably pretty weird i, I don't know rod thoughts you just assume the worst of you that fast <laughs> <laughs> what was happening the the two weeks before in the class <laughs> that made it like oh yeah this is on brand <laughs> You know, that's a good question. You know, I, I was never pretty, I was never that great at improv. I just really enjoyed doing it. Um, so maybe that was part of it. I was just weird and, and kind of maybe socially awkward or something. And, you know, I was still getting to know these people and, you know, maybe, I, yeah, I don't know. He's, he, but he made a decision that, yeah, at that point. <laughs> yeah, that was his final judgment. He was like on the fence about you. But then after that. <laughs> 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 yeah uh any, anyway we can move on from my my stupidity uh jay i know you you have one involving uh fireworks kind of going on yeah so there's been a lot of fireworks um recently have you like, guys been hearing about this or is this so okay where you guys are in 
so there's a couple things. Uh, maybe this will be my trifling in NC, uh, North Carolina. But um, <laughs> I heard y'all in New York City are having fireworks. But I also saw a picture online that or a video that was like the police and the fire department are the ones setting fireworks off or something like that. So I don't know what the hell is happening. Mm-hmm. Up there now, mm. look, I don't know how accurate that was. Like, I saw the video, but then the description was some real kind of hotepish, like, <laughs> you know, this is a war of sleep deprivation on the black community in times oh, of COVID 19 no. and, and uprising. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't know. It's, like, that's giving the police a lot of credit for being smarter than I think they are, but nah, nah, I was like, <laughs> I, I didn't want to start no oh. shit. But, uh, so so but I have been hearing about it so yeah yeah. Um yeah I I <laughs> I don't know that I, I that could be I, I I don't know that the fire department at NYPD is setting off fireworks. The, what I've heard about their involvement or non-involvement is that they're kind of letting it go potentially to sort of send a message about you know what it would be like to not have cops that are active. I don't know if that's true. Huh, that's, I have heard something to that effect. That's interesting. I mean, I do know that the complaints, um, I think I think it was normally this time of year compared to last year, it was like 26. And this year it's like 3,000 and change. Um, yeah, the number of like officially registered complaints. Yeah, right? for fireworks. Imagine so. if that's the worst <laughs> thing that can happen from not having cops. Like, imagine if they're like, oh, you going to abolish us? Well, then motherfuckers going to set off some fireworks. Like, that's, I mean, it sucks, but yeah, that's I mean, yeah. better than I you mean, coming if, through if, killing us. Eventually, for no they will run out of fireworks. I right. Don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. They are, yeah, they're a finite resource. Totally. Um, I mean, the biggest issue, like, well, for, for me, what I, my engagement with fireworks, and I'm sorry, Jay, I know this is your story, and I totally jumped in here. It's all but, right. Uh, it's just, they're just going off. It's just loud, and they're doing it at, like, after two in the morning, and they're driving around to do it in different places so that they don't get caught, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's the interesting part. I didn't realize that until this happened last week. So generally... Like, so I live um, in like a series of three towers and I can look out and there's a courtyard below, then there's a parking lot, then there's the main road. So pretty much every night I can look out and then just see like the city extending out towards JFK. And I see, but there's just a bunch of fireworks and I hear them usually. Um, But one night last week, it was just more than usual. And then I hear them getting closer and closer. And then I see a car pull into the parking lot, two cars, people get out, and then they just start launching the fireworks from the parking lot right in front of my building. And it was unbelievably loud. Um, it was actually, it was, I mean, it was kind of scary at the moment, but then it was kind of, kind of cool at the same time. They were so bright, but then I got nervous. Like, what if this stuff like comes into my apartment where something gets set on fire? Like, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. But then, you know, it lasted for like five minutes. They set fireworks off for five minutes, got back in the car, and then just drove away. And that was oh. it. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I, right. I, I mean, I don't know what the point is, but I mean, I guess everyone. Yeah, what do they get out of it? I don't how, know. Is that, how is that fun for anybody? <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, what, like what, what time of night would you say this was? Um, it was a little after midnight. Okay. I mean, I guess if you don't got work, you don't got school. Um, maybe they just, you know, getting their rocks off. I know here we have uh we're on the we're on the ring alarm thing. Mm-hmm. So it's right. uh, trifling in North Carolina. They uh, have um this this part of the app for the ring alarm that's like neighbors or something like that. Yes. And so they like tell you um you know like oh the the uh, a cat is missing you know i like those posts oh okay okay so you can go on there and kind of anonymously leave comments and stuff and it'll just like assign like neighbor 13 neighbor 12 and it changes each time stuff like it doesn't tell your location or whatever and um i like going on there and leaving comments because uh i'm an asshole or whatever but normally (laughs) like somebody was like of uh, someone is going around stealing plants off of people's um 
balconies so make sure that you know if you have a plan or whatever be careful and so then i would be like oh no you better hurry up before they leave or what's wrong with you i hope you get to the root of this crime Uh, (laughs) so so like um when juneteenth happened uh like a friday uh midnight there you know some black people obviously were celebrating so they set out fireworks and right. like there was a post was like i am hearing so many gunshots right now i don't understand <laughs> what is happening is anyone else hearing this and all these other people like there are so many gunshots in the community right now is this what is that is it a gang war what is why are, why are people doing this and then i reply like hey guys calm down it's just juneteenth it's probably people celebrating and yeah. so that's that's my trifling <laughs> Is it a gang war? <laughs> I'm like, these, these white people about to call the police and get some white people killed. Like, they, like yeah. y'all are going to get somebody shot tonight <laughs> calling the cops over some bullshit, man. Just let them shoot the fireworks for about 30 minutes and then go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Jay, when, were you saying you saw a video that someone had taken somewhere where it looked like people it was like some oh, sort of shootout yeah. in star wars it's, or something this morning i watched a video now i mean i i usually don't like look at stuff from the new york post website but it was some clickbait so i clicked on it and it was people they had like roman candles in their hands and they were just firing them back at it back and forth at each other so like i had one and you had one they were just shooting them and it looked scary but it looked like almost like a like a scene out of Star Wars because you just saw these <laughs> like streaks of light. It was like they were shooting lasers at each other almost because it was at night. But uh, but yeah, people are just shooting fireworks at each other now for fun, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. That I mean that reminds me of so so Rod and Karen, uh, Jay and I are, are from Columbus, Ohio, um, and we guess we met it was elementary school, yeah. but. I remember <clears throat> I was hanging out with this crew. I guess this would have been when I was in college or so, who were doing essentially what you just described, like a bottle rocket shoot off um, at each other. And I was like, I somehow got caught in the middle of it because I wasn't paying attention. And then I was just in it. And my fear was like, I just, I think I just come out of my car too. And I was like, hey guys, what's going on? Oh God. <laughs> and. Uh, my fear was that one of them, because they can curve around in like weird sort of slippery ways. Right. So my fear was that it was one of them was going to go up my muffler in my car and it's going to blow up. Oh, that's very specific. Yeah, that's some impossible white man shit. MacGyver, the perfect shot. I'm down to, I have a firework, a safety pin. And, and a pencil, let's go. Right. One match. Uh, it's the only way we're gonna get out of here. Yeah, that's. I mean, that is like there is the trope in movies of shooting the gas tank and then right. the whole thing blowing up. This we'd have to be even better aim with with a bottle rocket. Right. That's like a one in a billion. Although I could, if that happened to me, I could just see my last moments on Earth being like, of course, this is how I die. <laughs> 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 some bullshit yeah like i live my life so safe i stayed away from the drugs i did all this shit right you you knocked away the bullets from being the black kid trying to get out and then i die from fucking a bottle rocket (laughs) (laughs) yeah one in a billion chance a bottle rocket goes up through the muffler (laughs) into the gas uh, the gas area right (laughs) Oh yeah, that'll ruin your day. That's definitely that's not a good look. Uh, well, that's good. Let's move to the next segment. Um, now this is one that we don't, I don't we haven't really done this segment. There's not really any clever name for this segment. Um, but I did want to do something, you know, in honor of of Juneteenth. Um, which we're so we're recording the day after. Um, so. I wanted to do for each of us to sort of choose a favorite song or a movie or like a TV show um, 
by a black musician or director that actually drove you to change something in, in your real life. Um, and this doesn't have to necessarily be your favorite thing, your favorite work of art by this, this artist or director, but it should be something um, that resonated with you so much that you actually took an action uh, in your life that you wouldn't have done otherwise, basically. Um, so Jay, I don't know, do you want to Oh, sure. Yeah, I can go. Um, Excuse me. So mine is going to be Fruitvale Station. Um, That was a 2013 movie. And it was about Oscar Grant, um, his final day um, on this earth before he got shot and killed by, um, I think it was a BART transit cop in Oakland. Um, I think that happened in like 2009 and then the movie was 2013. Um, I remember it, it was very specific because I saw this, I'm pretty sure it was a Saturday and I saw the movie, um, at this, at this like small, like art house cinema. And then, um, after the movie, I think maybe it was during the movie too, but I got an alert on my phone. I didn't look. But then that was the same day that the Trayvon Martin verdict came out where it was all not guilty. So I watched that movie and then I'm coming out of the movie and then I see this news on my phone. So then like, (laughs) so that was, that was a lot for that, for that day, for that, like, for that period of time. So then after that, um, so I work for a large not-for-profit and we provide services for um, individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And we also have programs um, that we uh, work with disconnected youth age 18 to 24, usually economically dis- disadvantaged. And I work in that program um, because it's supported employment and we help people get jobs and we do job training. And so after that, I sort of took a, I guess, more active role with the people in our program and that come through because it's like 95% young black men and there's not a lot of black staff there. I'm like the only one. And so I took a more, I guess, like leadership role and talking to the guys just about things in life and more hands-on with them, trying to help them out, like just explain certain things. A lot of people were just walking around New York City with no ID. And this was back when like police were just stopping people. So, and if you didn't have ID, then you were at least spending one night in jail almost automatically. So there, there was just a lot. So that's, I mean, that, that was it for me. So those two, I mean, the movie and then that, so just those two events combined sort of did it for right. me. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting point. Yeah. The, the ID thing. Um, I didn't, I, yeah, I wasn't even aware of that, but it makes total sense that, and that's like a good sort of practical intervention that, you know, that can be done to, you know, man, that, that help that'll help. Yeah, out. It was, and then like, and people were, were hopping turnstiles a lot too. And that was when it was a lot of quote unquote, like police enforcing uh, quality of life violations and so they would just like hide behind pillars by the by the turnstiles and like wait for people and then if you hopped and then you didn't have an ID on top of that it was like it was even worse yeah, yeah. um I don't know Rod, Rod or Karen do you do you want to go next if you have one I think for, for me um one that actually impacted my life a whole lot was the movie Lean On Me Mm. I was in um, probably maybe fourth or fifth grade, and here in Charlotte, they had like a, 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 a side of town where a lot of black people stay, and they had a movie theater. It's no longer there called Queens Park. So it was like this old raggedy down uh, movie theater, but a lot of black people went there, and they loved it. And so my uh, summer day camp actually went to go see it. So it was like a bunch of a children, you know, ranging all over the place, you know, the oldest probably would have been like 12 or 13. And this movie theater full of like, you know, the the people monitoring you and stuff. So we uh, watched the movie and uh, well, number one, it, you know, stay, my, the biggest thing impacting my life was stay off drugs. And right. uh, and, and, and uh, we still laughed, but it was like, oh, okay, no, I don't want nobody to tell me to jump off the building expeditiously. So I don't want to do that. Yeah. And I know I probably mispronounced it. I'm sorry, y'all. And 
No, you did. Uh, two, uh, when Morgan Freeman said, I don't have to do anything but stay black and die. What would what, what happen in the movie theater, all of a sudden, all the kids kind of jumped up. And so all of a sudden, you see popcorn and soda just kind of go up in the air. And I was like, oh, he told that <laughs> white man. Ooh. So for me, it impacted me because I was like, oh, it's done on me. Like, that was real. Like, at the end of the day, that's all that's required of me. And I was a kid, but it impacted me so much. And, you know, not to have foresight, but that's probably why I like saying nigger and love my black self so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's great. You could tell that it really resonated with, with, with people. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Ray. No, no problem. For me, um, there's like so many. I don't think I could just pick one um, thing. I think in books, though, it's definitely uh, stereotypical as it, as it sounds, but it's definitely um, the autobiography of Malcolm X, uh, mm-hmm. Alex Haley. Uh, mm-hmm. That I remember I did my senior project on that, um, and I'd always read like a lot of black literature as a kid because my mom would take us to the library and give me books and encourage me. I still remember. I sh- it's probably still on the shelf, shelf, shelf at home before the Mayflower. And mm-hmm. um, I think uh, What Color Was Jesus was another one. But uh, that was the one that made me feel like, oh, my God, we didn't learn anything in school. Like, like that was my, yeah. that was my senior yeah. exit project. And I was like, y'all didn't teach us, like, anything about Malcolm X. Like, the only thing I know about Malcolm X is he was killed and Martin Luther King was killed. I don't even That's really... It know his politics his belief system his development over the course of his life any of that stuff and it really gave me a, a voracious appetite to want to like know about our history as black people outside of just what's being taught in the school so that was a big thing for me and it definitely put me on a different path in my life at that point um so that would probably be hmm. the major like serious one and then as far as like not so serious um Probably the Rex and Effects video for Rump Shaker. <laughs> that changed. That altered the course of my life from that point on. Like, oh, I know exactly what I'm into. <laughs> After that, all I, all I wanted to do was zoom, 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 zoom. So, yeah. <laughs> That's great. You know, F- so Pharrell, Pharrell apparently came up with a hook. Yeah, it worked. You know, <laughs> it was really not as much the song as the video. Like the song was good though, but you know, they were just kind of talking. That, but I can't think of that song without thinking of that video. That was like that was amazing. So I, I, I have to give that credit <laughs> for all the people I follow on Instagram and everything. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess the the one I chose is is more in in that vein of of being less serious. But um, uh, I chose uh Eric. I don't know why this occurred to me, but I actually thought of this song and then this segment after it, uh, which is weird. But it's uh, Eric Badu's song "Bag Lady," mm. uh, and which which I like. I didn't realize till afterwards that that beat to that had had been used before um on a dr dre song i just that was a great beat um and then i was listening to what you know what what she's talking about and um you know it's i guess it's about my read on it is it's sort of about uh women being sort of taken advantage by men in in relationships and kind of putting up with it even though it's really shitty um so my but the first time first couple of times I heard it was in the I was back in Columbus, Ohio and or Columbus, God. Um and uh, it was on the radio. And one thing I like to do back then uh is make like videos, like really cheap video sketches with my buddies. And so like we just go to like an abandoned, you know, warehouse or something and just do stupid shit and just record it. Um, so random, so the point of that is we had, like, I always had a video camera on me and at one point we were just fucking around in the car. We had the video running and that song came on and I was singing along to it. And I was sort of joking, uh, jokingly talking about, uh, this, per- this woman I was dating at the time. He was like my first girlfriend. 
Um, and, you know, I was being kind of rude and like making fun of it and being like, oh, you know, I guess I'm sort of like the guy that Erica Badu is talking about. And it's not not a good thing, uh, obviously, I mean, but been, it wasn't. You could have been the guy from Tyrone, so it could have been worse. <laughs> true, true. That is very true. Um, but and it's specifically the line um, where she says, "One of these days, he's going to say you're crowding my space." Um, and it wasn't until I actually went back and reviewed that video video footage, uh, and I was watching it, and I was just like embarrassed for myself, and I felt ashamed um, that I was like making light of you know not being. I mean, I, look, I I didn't know that much about being a good boyfriend at the time. Right. Um, some might say I still don't, I don't know, but, uh, in any case, watching it back and like seeing myself act so foolish, like that was like, I don't want to be this guy. I I don't want to be this kind of an asshole, um, who is, you know, a dick to people who care about them. Um, and so, you know, not that I have never made mistakes since then, but I do put a lot of effort in trying to make it up to people when I do fuck up. Um, and I, I think that was at least maybe one of the starts of like, just having that sort of self acknowledgement, uh, that, you know, you need to put some energy and effort into your dealings with other people, especially people that care about you. Yeah. I think, I think that's what empathy is. And that's Mm -hmm. what I think at its height, that's what a lot of art does is put you in someone else's shoes for a second and make you go, wait a minute. This is this yeah. be how they perceive this. And, you know, because I think most time when people think of music, they think of, oh, this is expressing something I feel and uh, and I can relate to it because it's how I feel. But, you know, less often people think about the power of music to relay something that you didn't feel or you didn't consider. And now mm. you have a better understanding for it. So that's that's a dope story. Yeah. And it's also part of growth, which is something very, very hard for people to do in general everybody they don't want the foundation of who they are to change and once you admit that there's a change that means there's some effort and you know it's human nature to be lazy and so for the fact that you did that like that means something and you know that person might not have benefited but someone else will benefit from the change and people don't look at it like that yeah, also you benefit, to be honest. Like anytime you change for the better or gain perspective, like you benefit. It might be too late for somebody else to gain from it, but right. you know, like that can't be the determining factor on whether you progress or not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's you know, it's interesting you mentioned um Malcolm X and the the autobiography of Malcolm X, because one of the things that I found so fascinating for him, uh in in what as I was learning about him is is his ability or his I don't know, eagerness or I don't know if that's the right word, but to, to change his life like so radically, it's, it's something, yeah, it's something almost no one does, especially once you hit a certain age, it, it becomes so much harder to really change yourself and what you do. But he, you know, from going from, you know, Detroit Red to, you know, to Malcolm with the Nation of Islam and then even further change, you know, as he, as he studied more and had a falling out with, with the church or the, with the nation. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, and that's something that, like, I, I don't know if, like, for whatever reason, I was thinking about that in the context of, like, I, I'm thinking of the when John Kerry was running up against George W. Bush and people were critiquing, they called him a flip-flopper. Mm-hmm. And my thing is, like, well, changing your mind isn't necessarily a bad thing, especially as you get more information. Right. And I remember, like, Stephen Colbert, uh, when he did the White House Correspondence Dinner, he had a line to... to basically fuck with george w bush he's like you know and this guy said you know it doesn't something like he does he thinks the same way on monday that he does on when wait, no fuck <laughs> he, said, he thinks that okay i'm gonna start over. he thinks the same on wednesday as he did on monday despite what happened on tuesday right right yeah <laughs> so um yeah so i am pretty dope for changing thank you <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so let's let's that's pretty good those are some excellent choices guys i appreciate you bringing that up um all right last one 
last segment, our infamous Have That Been Me segment. This is where we pick a scene from a movie or TV show, and we talk about what we would have done in those scenarios. Famously, we, we did this um, on Jurassic Park uh, like about a year ago. And somehow the conversation devolved into us talking about a velociraptor wearing a chef's hat yeah. in a kitchen. Yeah, I don't know. It was that kitchen scene, and then all of a then the velociraptor started started cooking or doing. Yeah, it was. I don't know how we got there. Yeah, and then I was like, I wonder if there's an image of that on the internet somewhere, and the internet did not disappoint. <laughs> uh, I love that. I love that franchise. They're they're film. Mm-hmm. They're gonna. They're they're moving ahead with filming right now yes, in like the worst damn time possible. But oh, yeah. that's so um brand for that franchise. I can't mm-hmm. even say anything like that. That's about right. So they're doing. Wait, they're doing another. Didn't they just put one out like last summer? They did, mm-hmm. but they're making uh they're making another one yep. right now, and they just came up with some new parameters for how they're gonna film it. So, huh. good luck, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we might lose Star Lord. Have a Velociraptor in a in a mask or something. <laughs> got to pull down. Got to pull down the mask to eat to eat people. <laughs> oh, good stuff. All right. So, in any in any case, for this this week, I wanted to do something a little bit different, and it's a little bit more meta. Um, and this came to my mind because of uh, this new movie called The King of Staten Island um, that's with uh, Pete Davidson. And it's one of a few in a line of Judd Apatow uh, produced or directed movies. Uh, he seems to like finding comedians and building up, you know, either a TV show or a movie that's about that's sort of true to their life and their experience, which. You know, I haven't seen all of the ones I listed. So there's Girls, the TV show at HBO with Lena Dunham, Crashing uh, with Pete Holmes is another HBO show, uh, Trainwreck with Amy Schumer, and then King of Staten Island with Pete Davidson. Um, he also did a movie called Funny People mm-hmm. about 10 years ago that I believe is about his his career coming up in comedy uh, with Seth Rogen playing his character. So anyway... I thought it was like interesting that he's able to do this kind of work and like I guess I guess they must be financially successful cuz he keeps getting to be able to make, make these movies. Um I don't know just before we get into it Rod or and Karen are you guys fans of these movies or Apatow in general? Um I like some of them. A lot of them I've just never seen. Yeah, I I think um I I actually did like Girls when it uh, started. I never finished it, but I thought I thought I liked the first couple of seasons of that. Um, mm-hmm. I think he did Trainwreck. I thought that was funny. I absolutely love um, Knocked Up. Forty Year Old Virgin is a fucking classic. Yeah, that I have seen. That's hilarious. Um, so yeah. I mean, you know, This Is Forty was okay to me. Um, like I, I think the other thing about him that that uh that he kind of changed in the game was he turned the comedy, the movie comedy from like an hour and a half to like over two hours. So I will I will I will always hold that against him. Cause <laughs> like funny movies do not need to be that long. But but nah, yes. I, I love most of the stuff I've seen from him. Uh, although I will say I I do agree, yeah, that ni- ninety minutes seems like the max that it should be. But I will. My favorite comedy is Coming to America, mm-hmm. and I have a feeling that one's over two hours. It might be. I don't know. Mm. He changed it to like a a standard. Like I don't know. Like it was like you getting about two hours, sometimes longer with most of his movies, you know. But yeah, he's had a hand in so many things that I find to be hilarious that. I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to hold any of this against him. Pineapple Express. Uh, Hilarious. Right. Yeah, like, like, I, what are we talking about here? He's a, he's a, he's a G. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of good quality and he was, coming from. And he was low key, like the, one of the first big name stars I ever saw be like, man, fuck Bill Cosby. And that meant a lot to me because at that point, a lot of people was kind of hiding behind like, 
Did he? Was that? Yeah, he was on like he would be on Twitter with it. He did interviews about it, and people were coming at him on some like, you know, well, well, if he wasn't black, you wouldn't be saying this. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know about all that. I just know um, he he has a point. Like, and it was when it was really yeah. unpopular to say. Now it's no big deal. Right. But at the time, it was very unpopular for somebody in Hollywood to be saying Bill Cosby was a, a rapist. So uh, I, I I fuck with him for putting putting it on the line like that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um so for this had that been me, this we're we're gonna do it more about uh his sort of career arc as as a producer, uh writer producer. Um so I'm just gonna read what I sent over. Um but so basically it's essentially if you could pick someone, either someone an existing celebrity or someone you know in your day to day life and give them the you know train wreck treatment we'll, we'll call it um where they you you're able to get a fictionalized version of their life story made um but as a tv show or i guess we can do film if you really want but i think it's interesting to do it from a tv show standpoint uh because it's thinking like hbo style show like single camera more of a dramedy maybe um, versus like a, a three camera sitcom with a laugh track. Uh, so, which would you put? First of all, who would you pick? Secondly, what type of show would you want? And would you want it to be like on HBO or like a, a wide broadcast network where maybe the audience might be a little bit bigger? Um, uh, Rod, Karen, do you want to start? Start us. I want y'all to start first, so we can hear how it goes before we do. Our- sure. Uh, well, I'll, all right. Let me start it off now. I. Even though I came up with this, this this wasn't like the the Erica Badu thing where like I thought of that and then sort of did the segment topic in in reverse. This one, this idea hit me first, and then as I'm trying to think of someone who I would want to do this for, I had a really hard time um, trying to think of someone. And I was talking to Jay like earlier today about it, and I was like, for some reason, the first person that comes in my head is Jude Law. <laughs> And I'm not even sure why, like, because I, you know, I'm a moderate fan of his work, um, but it's just just something about like his style or or something. I don't I don't know. It's the first thing that popped in my head. I sort of dismissed it, but then the second choice that popped in my head was Ray Kroc, and I don't know why that was either. He's the founder of McDonald's, and they already did a movie about him. Um. And uh, I think it was more that. Have you guys have you seen that movie? It's called The Founder with Michael Keaton. I have not, but I've heard of it. It's like he, the person who stole McDonald's or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, 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 that sounds about right. And that's yeah, he's he's uh he's definitely portrayed as a dick in in that movie. Yeah, he basically steals the McDonald's company out from under these two brothers. Um, and my wanting to do that, my initial was like, I want there to be a corrective on this guy. Cause I don't like that <laughs> they did a movie about this asshole and like, because he's a good businessman, he's supposed to be like this amazing dude. Like, mm-hmm. so uh, I would want to do something more like the real nitty gritty of what a, what a dick he is basically. Yeah. And, and but and we've also seen that Trump got that treatment and he's a terrible businessman. So yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's like notorious, like never pays anybody. All right. Yeah. But, uh, in any case that couldn't do that Ray Kroc because that breaks my rule of something has to be someone who's living. So I did finally settle on someone, uh, earlier today, like only a little while before recorded. And it's, it's the guy who is known for, for starting the internet or specifically the World Wide web. Um, and it's this guy, his British guy, not El Gore, <laughs> not going down that road. But I had never really heard about this guy or thought about him. But it seemed to make sense since, you know, Rod, Karen, Jay, and I are connecting now via the internet. And um, I remember when the internet came in in like the like into people's homes in the mid '90s, and I was just like, I was a super nerdy kid and didn't have many friends and. You know, it was so amazing to me that there is this thing now that didn't exist before that 
you can connect in with with people all over the world and like you can learn there's so, so much opportunity for learning about any sort of niche thing you might want to know about um and it brought us a podcast uh so i did choose this guy his name is uh sir timothy berners lee and he is still alive and he runs like the overall organization that that um still makes decisions on how they, the internet should work basically um and but if i were to do a show about him and i think if i was to do it on hbo it would have to be some sort of like hbo like there's got to be something a little fucked up about it with, with most hbo shows so i think it would be something about like how maybe he actually there was actually someone else behind him who was doing the real work and he got the credit for it or something like that. Or if I did like the three camera sitcom, um, you know, it would just, it would just be more of an, an aw shucks type type of guy who's like just stumbles into like thick inventing the internet. I don't know. Would you guys watch the show? Rod and Karen? Um, it would depend on like what, like what, who's the actor? You know, what does the preview look like? Cause like on this, on his face, that feels like something that'd be a good documentary or something. But I don't mm-hmm. I, like. I would need to see how it was fictionalized. Like, is it funny? Like Silicon Valley type funny? Is it kind of quasi serious? You know. So I would need to know more about the the idea. Yeah, I'm, I was thinking, and actually, I'm looking at this guy's Wikipedia page right now. He does kind of look like Jude Law, and I wonder <laughs> if you can you can get Jude it's, Law in there. It seems like Jude Law would be a good choice to play him, mm-hmm. um, and I'm wondering now if that's part of the reason I okay, um, but but yeah, like I think it would it would sort of be semi serious. Like I guess you know going back to Girls, which, which I I also I, I enjoyed that show. Um, it's sort of semi serious, but um, like absurd at at the time. But also these like these characters are kind of messed up. So something with that vibe, I think, is what I go to. I don't know, Jay. What do you What do you think? You watching that show? Um, even though your your good friend is behind it. You <laughs> Did you you felt the hesitation in my voice? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I I I feel like it sounds a little boring. Like I don't know if I would watch that. Um, on a week. Okay, this has been the Visceralist Podcast episode. <laughs> Thanks for. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Go I don't know if I would watch it on a, on a weekly basis. We're talking like one of these like Sunday night prestige shows. It's going to be yes. an hour long every yes every week. I mean, what, yes. Like, what's he going to be doing? Inventing the internet, and then just like battling, like besting his rivals to invent the internet first. I mean, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, look, it's unlikely that this will actually be produced on a, as an HBO show. I, I will say that up front. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So, who, who, Jay, why don't you do what's your show now? <laughs> um, I, well, so I would choose, I guess, the, the HBO show, but it would be, it would be the, a comedy for sure. Um, like thirty minutes, and it would be about our our mutual friend Ken, who we grew up with. Um, he just has like a lot of a lot of adventures throughout his life. Like he meets a lot of random people, um, makes like silly mistakes, does a lot of strange stuff. Like for instance, one time, I don't remember the exact year, but we were driving in his car. And we were listening. <laughs> we were listening to um, so we liked Bone Thugs a lot back then. This we must have been in high school. So we listened to Bone Thugs and this one song called No Surrender, right? And in No Surrender, there's this police siren, and we we're listening to it pretty loud. And so we didn't hear the police siren behind us, and and it was an ambulance trying to go by, and the ambulance went by, and then the police pulled him over because he didn't pull over when the ambulance went by. But oh, instead of pulling over on the side so this was on also so this was um like right in front of our high school like on so it's like a four-lane road so instead of pulling to the right he crosses all the way to the left and pulls over across his traffic going the other way and pulls over there and then like the first question the guy asks is like why did you pull over to this side of the street (laughs) 
<laughs> so it'd be like a series of like stuff like that. And like now he has those friends that were that were making that porn together, and they were talking to him if he wants to be in the porn. Like there's just a lot of random stuff that happens to him. Wait, so going back to this car story. Yeah. So so he pulled. So he would have been facing the wrong direction. Yes, the, the we pulled over. The going, yeah, facing the wrong way when we stopped. So what did he say when the cop asked him? I don't. He was I don't room? remember his answer. I think he just started laughing. I. I mean, he was very nervous. Uh, Rod and Karen, you, you. What are your thoughts on that show premise? If it's a kind of a comedy thing and. Uh, I guess I would have to see kind of who plays the roles, like like the actors to play the particular roles and how it's written, because that, that sounds like an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like we're at a loss in an audio medium because it's like, mm-hmm. I want to see, see it. Like, if I yes. can see like a 30 second yeah. trailer, I'd be like, oh, yeah, right. okay, I see where you're going. With <laughs> I this. think that's what it like. I, I would my head, the actors. Yeah, yeah, I'm having a hard time like imagining it. In my head, but I, right. So okay. Well, what do you think? I mean, if you if you were say HBO Network Press or ABC, or so we'll say like an ABC, like come to you and they're like, you know, pick some celebrity. Is there anyone you think who is out there who deserves you know this sort of a uh, prestige? I mean, like the King of Staten Island seems to be getting great reviews. Pete Davidson's performance has been. You know, apparently also getting great reviews. I might, I might actually see it. Yeah, it kind of helps because he uh, is one of those people on the cusp of like he's famous, but also not necessarily famous for being good at stand up or anything. So like, mm-hmm. right. it's that it's like he can get that backing, but then he also leaves a lot of room to impress people because. People are going to be tuning in, like not expecting much, right. but the promotion is like, watch this, watch this, watch this. So, so then if he's even just like medium good in this joint, everyone's going to be like, oh, that okay, he's way better than I thought he was. So he's yeah. he's on the he's he's a good like that's a good choice. Um, Karen, did you have one? Yeah, uh, mine would be HBO. It would be a single camera, and I I would pick. Uh, Mary J. Blige, and mm. because she has mm. lived such an interesting life, and she's one of the few people that we haven't had one of those uh, BET documentaries. Like, right. like everybody just almost skips over her, and but yeah, she's that's true. like twenty something years. I would love to hear her history with Bad Boy, her history, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with Casey and JoJo. You know, what actress would you have player? Would you have a play herself? Oh, that's a good question. Because I mean, she's also a good actress now. That, and you know, and, and my thing, I would probably have her play herself. Like, mm-hmm. I, and I, I would want to kind of go through her history and how she evolved and changed and things like that. Like, she would actually be, and she could play her younger self too, because she's yes. like she's mm. out. She's fine as hell now. Like, yeah, I, is... I would really love to see it, and 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 it would kind of be, I guess you could say more serious i mean i, I mean because it can't it could be right. a comedy but not but 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 but, but 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 no her life is very very right serious. and so yeah. you could go through the background of how the songs were created how they were made what inspired hits you and not trying, and i thought about this even further i would actually have Issa Rae produce it and the reason why is because Issa Rae can shoot the hell out of black skin and you know this is going to be the black of the black, black, black event. So I don't want somebody <laughs> to, to shoot us in the brightness and shoot us in the darkness and deal a little with colors, you know, yeah. um, and have our wigs looking right and have the haircuts looking right and have us cra- looking crazy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's a great point. And that is interesting that that hasn't happened because she's been internationally famous for since yeah. what the early nineties? She's been around like twenty some, almost thirty years now. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, you can get a lot of good stuff with the music industry, particularly Bad Boy in the nineties. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a great idea. Yeah, that's- I'm I'm definitely so watching this. I want to watch it right now. Right, so far, <laughs> I do. Too. Favorite idea. I don't want to lie. <laughs> I do too. Yeah, shit. 
Um, actually, this is uh, sorry, Rod and Karen. This is something I just want a general thought on. This is a completely separate topic, unless we have anything else on this. Oh, well, I, uh, I do have my idea, but it's, oh, sorry, yeah, it's no, go please, quick. go for it. Um, because it's it's really not much. I just want to give. Uh, there's this crew of guys. Uh, Mark Phillips is the main dude, but they're called RDC yes, World. RDC World. I just yes. want to give them a budget and the cameras with like real camera people and shit, and just that's the show, like their mm-hmm. sketch show or something. Mm-hmm. Put mm-hmm. it on HBO and yes. just move out of their way. Like they and just let them go. That's all they need. They're like they are ready to be like superstars, and we they just. Are give them a platform and leave them alone. Mm-hmm. And that's what I would do if I had the ability to pitch something or sell something HBO. No, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because, uh, yeah, I came across RDC world like maybe like a year ago and I've been, I've been blown away Cause I actually, I love the thought of, yeah, giving them like good production equipment. I don't know. Would you, would you then hire like a cinematographer or just, um equipment because i would say i actually really like their aesthetic of you know it's i'm guessing they do them on their like uh, like a phone i'm guessing yeah yeah. Uh, but i like that aesthetic a lot i would say um yeah see that was the thing like maybe they would need supervision or somebody to like for like the first um season or something and then i think they would just be fine like they just need to see like this is what it's Mm -hmm. like on a set this is what it's like um, you know, filming this thing, uh, this way, this is what it's like yeah, using the steady that, cam, they just run. blah, blah, blah. And I, cause I feel like they already probably know most of that stuff anyway. Right. It would just like, be shopping mm-hmm. in their skills. I think in my dr- dream of dreams, maybe like Steven Soderbergh could do like season one, like just showing them the ropes. Cause he's such a like dynamic, um, uh, director. Like he's done high flying bird shot on the iPhone. Right. Um, oh, yeah, true. You no, know, he's, he's done uh, one of my favorite movies, Haywire, which, yeah. like, he does so many things that are just kind of off the beaten path. I think if, like, give them somebody like that that, that, that can do that guerrilla style fr- filming and everything, and then th- after that, they're good. They, they'll, they'll be good to go. So that's my dream project. Yeah, that's great. Do you, have you come across, um, there's, cause there's two other YouTube channels of guys who are sort of making, like, short sketches on that with that sort of aesthetic and are roughly that popular i mean mm-hmm. mark phillips like these videos are getting like eight million some of them yeah. eight million like bare minimum a million right. <laughs> views on youtube and then there's instagram as well mm-hmm. um but there's there's another guy named jeremiah phillips or wait yeah wait am i thinking phillips because it's mark it's mark phillips that does rdc world mm. i don't know jeremiah i know king vader uh. Is a dude that does. Uh, he does a lot of nerd stuff, and he he's the one that always does that. Like, there's always like the music playing, and then like this two step thing where they're like going bobbing yeah, their shoulders. Yes, I love him too. Yeah, King Vader is good, but uh, oh nice. I think RDC World is the best because like King Vader just does like video games, Walking Dead stuff, like nerdy stuff like that mostly. But RDC right. World would just have a skit. That's why I wanted to have a sketch comedy thing because like. They'll just be like, let's just make jokes about Popeyes. Yes. Or, and then let's know. make jokes about Naruto. And right. then let's make jokes, you know. And they have like, you know, uh, they have like a fake anime reality show where anime characters live in a house. Yes. And, that so was like, I'll just keep thinking like, they're ready to blow. You just need like, imagine those people with makeup artists, mm-hmm. budgets for costumes, costumes and you know they could really maybe even an animation budget and stuff they could really uh do some great things and i i think like a sketch comedy would fit them so perfect because you can just you can come you can that way you can do a show where you have a like 30 second sketch that's just dudes hating on people at the basketball court and then boom <laughs> anime house and then boom uh popeyes versus uh bojangles and then you know that kind of stuff so that's that's yeah. what I'll be thinking about. And I I have to wonder if they've been approached by by now. Gotta be, man. All those like if not, it's just racism. Come on. Because like None what else, else makes sense? Like who else is getting views like that yeah. and and not getting put on? So I mean, it could yeah. be that they're saying, look, we're making so much money here, 
you're gonna take a huge it'll take a huge offer to that's what I'm thinking it might be. I hope yeah. it's that and that would make sense. Yeah. I hope it's that. It but like, he's but at the end of their videos, they always be like, you know, if you watch them on YouTube, like, hey, please subscribe, please share. Like, we not getting enough views, da da da. So I'm always like, Man, what's what's happening over there? Hopefully hopefully they're making enough money. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, look, they're, they're so young too. You, you know, if they keep at it, they'll, I got to imagine they'll get, they'll get what they want at some point. Um, I hope so. Um, cool. Yeah, that's great. I definitely, the Mary J. Blige one, I definitely think. Yeah. And she, cause she, she was nominated for an Oscar for, um, was it Mudbound? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She could totally play herself. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, yeah. And the, the other thing, just separately, since we're talking about entertainment broadly, um, uh, Jay and I sometimes on the show will talk about, um, spoilers, just generally, like, just the existence of spoilers on- online and, like, you know, people, you know, like if a big Marvel movie comes out, it can be hard to avoid spoilers if you don't watch it, like, the first weekend, um, and I don't know. My thing with spoilers is I, I read spoilers, like usually on Wikipedia, before seeing most movies that I see. But I still find that I can enjoy them um, because you know there's a lot of other variables like the music and like you know just watching good acting and etc. But I don't know. Do you? What are your thoughts on spoilers generally? Oh, for while I have you. Oh, for well, for me, I cannot say it's a catch twenty two because for me, uh, we watch this stuff when it first come out because we don't want to be spoiled. I actually want the experience. I want to be shocked. I want to be surprised. I don't want to know who was coming on the screen. I want to have a pure, unfiltered, unadulterated view of the movie. And because the internet is the internet, a lot of times the internet can taint your views, taint your, taint your, I know for me, taint your opinions. Um, And then for me, I've realized this might not be for you in particular. A lot of people who read all these spoilers turn around and get mad at the movie. Well, you've read the spoilers. Yeah, Why yeah. are you angry? <laughs> for yourself. Why are you angry? It's like you did all this digging. You turned over every rock, and then you fold your arms and get mad. Talking about you, boy, this is your fault. Like I get mad at you for that. Um, <laughs> so for me, I, I I actually once it's been like you know a few days, that's fine. But see, I will actually stay off the internet. Like if I know there's something coming out that I want to see, I will literally log off Twitter, I would just stay offline. But that's just yeah. me. You know, I know that when it comes to the internet, the internet has no love. So, you know, if you know that you're one of these people, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt when it comes to the internet because they don't care about you. Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely not. I hate spoilers, but um I but at the same time, I the only thing worse than spoilers are people that do like a podcast or something and they're like we're not gonna spoil this thing and then they talk around the, like a movie review or something and you're just like the whole time yeah. i'm just like i don't know what you're talking about because you're being too vague so we started our that's why when we started our movie review podcast we call it spoiled spoil movie reviews. reviews and we just basically say we're gonna spoil, spoil the, the movie, movie so don't even <laughs> talk about, yeah don't even listen to this yeah, if, you let's, if you care about spoilers yeah. because so I, so I kind of prefer that. And then what happens is to say it, it, I don't listen to shows or reviews or stuff that I haven't watched yet. And it, you know, so there's, I'm really particular about it, but yeah. I, but at the same time, like I'm with, I'm with Karen, like I don't expect the internet not to spoil stuff. So no. if I can't watch insecure that night and I know I want to see, you know, what happens, then I'll just and I can't be watch it live. I'll, okay, I can just hop on Twitter the next day or something. Or, right, because a lot of people get angry and it becomes a a, a a pointless war online from the spoilers and the non-spoilers people. And when nobody owes you anything, actually, right. I'm sorry to hurt your polar feelings about that. Um, <laughs> that's the fact. No, nobody o- owes this to you. So if somebody wants to be an ass, there's nothing that you can really do about them being an ass. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I will say when you know we we occasionally review uh tv shows and movies on on this podcast um we haven't in a while but like we're watching succession the recent season of curb your enthusiasm um but i remember two things uh we with game of thrones we would do too um and i remember before season seven started i think it was like full like 
I don't know, six months before it aired uh, on Reddit, there was a breakdown, like episode by episode breakdown of what was going to happen. And it seemed plausible. And I, I read it in advance. My thing with reading spoilers is I just can't help myself. It really just it, it's a big part of it is a lack of willpower just because I just want to know what happens in it. Like I want it like I'm that eager, like the movies that I really want to see, like I, Avengers Endgame like last year, like some scenes were leaked about a week before the movie came out, like a random collection oh, of yeah. all the I remember like, you couldn't avoid you couldn't stay away. I couldn't resist. Um, but, but for me again, like, but I would never be like, oh, and here, like, I would never go on the Twitter and say, oh shit, did you see, yo, Captain America does X, Y, Z. Right. And that's because you're crazy being very considerate. Like, you know, like you go, you go, well, I know it's me. That's, that's cool. A lot of people, I know it's it's me me. and then they're going to turn around and I'm going to tell you and see, that's when I have the problem. Uh, I didn't ask you to tell me and, and, and not trying to find a piggyback on your game of war. I mean, game of war, uh, game of Thrones. (laughs) The thing that I loved about game of Thrones the most is when HBO took over and they were no longer following those books because those book readers got on my goddamn nerve. <laughs> yeah. They were like, well, we know, and we know, and we know, and they would just drop hints and spoil, and see, they got mad once HBO got it because nobody knew, and I loved it because right. we, didn't, we didn't have to deal with, with you being a pompous ass about you knowing how the storyline was going to go. We all got to watch it together now. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's exactly. a good point. It was better when, when when they went, you know, once the book stopped and they just kept going with HBO because yeah, before that it was it was just too much. People were like, oh well, that they shouldn't have happened like that, and then they were telling what was going to happen. Right. Uh, yeah, but in, in general, I don't really like spoilers. I avoid unless my one exception is for scary movies. I will read about it and find out everything, especially if I'm like watching with somebody else because I don't want to like be jumping around or get real scared. <laughs> <laughs> so for scary movies, I will like read all the spoilers, but everything else I don't. Yeah, and I'm reading everything. Uh, but we uh, we do on the show we do preface everything by saying we're about to spoil, and then I I like to even wait like a good five to 10 seconds, because if you're going to say in the middle of an episode, we're about to spoil something, you got to give people time to like, you know, get to their phone and the lock screen and then, uh, or their mouse or whatever. So I do try to be considerate. That's nice. Yeah, that is really nice. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Learn, still learning from uh, the Erica Badu, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, I think we can wrap up. That's, this has been great. Uh, Rod and Karen, why don't you, do you want to promo black guy who tips or anything else you guys are up to? Uh, yeah, just check us out. The black guy who tips everywhere you get podcasts, just search the black guy who tips and, uh, leave us, uh, five star reviews. If you're inclined to leave reviews and, uh, uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm Rodimus Prime. I'm say that again. That is in D-A-T. And our show Twitter is T-B-G-W-T. Awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, definitely listeners give give them a listen. They they've been killing it, particularly uh with your recent commentary on um everything that's been going on. I've I've really enjoyed that stuff lately. Uh, thank you. Thank you, sweetie. And congratulations on episode one hundred. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, thanks, man. Thank you. This for this podcast. <laughs> we we close every episode with our, a couple mottos. Uh first one is eat something green. <laughs> Uh, and then more recently, we've we also adding uh, make sure you drink enough water. Ah, uh, that's right. Stay hydrated. All right, we out.